This is all getting cut. This is this is real meta. <laughs> this is not going to be in it. Um, this is this is for our Patreon supporters. My dudes and dudettes, we are now moving into what is known as our first mini episode, where in between our major um, numerically numbered. Um, awesome one topic This is episodes. a movie blue side piece. This is a movie blue side piece. Dude, that should be the title! Did you think of that before? Or was that like a right now thing? I know. Dude, that's why you are number two. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in between our major episodes, last week was Jay and Silent Bob. Um, we are going to drop you a mini episode where we'll be discussing new... Me- oh my god, I already did it. Side piece. Movie blue side Say it three times. Um, And we will be dropping a movie blue side piece. And you will enjoy it. It will be about new current topics. Maybe Israel involved every once in a while. Um, We have have an impeachment to talk about. Yeah, we got to catch up, guys. Nancy Pelosi ripped up some paper. It was a long time. Dan's parents got (laughs) upset. (laughs) My dad dad said to me, um, oh, they're going to go after that Pelosi for ripping that paper up. <laughs> Dad, are relax. they? Relax, dude. Who's, who's they? Um, so uh, on these mini sods, side pieces, whatever you want to call them, we are going to be banging out some reviews and topics that are current and or happened during the long ass season one to season two break that I know yeah. you all missed us the so win- much. The during. winter break. The winter break. What did you do on your winter break, Dan? Did you go sledding at all? Uh, I had a panic attack in a dungeon <laughs> in Times Square. <laughs> what did you do over your uh, winter break, Dan? Did you go sledding? No, I don't think it snowed too much. I don't even remember what I did for New Year's Eve. Oh, we streamed you fish. You said you went and streamed fine. something somewhere. Yeah, it was whatever. What would you give the fish New Year's show, Golden Gun Rating? Like, <laughs> I don't know, like... 420? Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like five, I don't know. I, I give the stream, quali- like, the quality of the video work a solid eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My enjoyment- I was asking about your cinematography feelings. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was. What did you think about all the canted angles on Trey, you know? I thought that the gag was great, and I thought the music was surprisingly boring. Okay, so, um, we are going to talk about some things that we watched during the break. Um, one of them that I didn't get to go fucking bug nuts insane about was Watchmen. Um, yeah. Watchmen, Watchmen, I did not, uh, get a chance to talk to on this podcast. Are these gonna be spoilery or no? Let's not, like, ruin Watchmen for people. I don't I've think, only watched half some, of Watchmen so far. There are some major twists in Watchmen that blew my mind that I would like to talk about. I don't think you've reached those twists yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, you'll know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. It's going to make you go, what? Um, especially because you are not watching Watchmen with the rest of the world. You are watching Watchmen after it. And the interesting thing about that is that Damon Lindelof, when he made the show, very well could have put all of it out at once. But he is from the old school idea of much with Lost water cooler moments yeah. you drop an episode everybody's talking about it i saw theory videos on watchmen from the very first episode that guessed things that i think i really thought that i am a smart watcher but if you go and watch like um i recommend to anybody that really wants their mind seriously probed there's a youtube guy named screen crush and he does videos <laughs> where he breaks down Easter eggs is kind of an easy way to put it, but he's in there 
doing academic research on every he's, fucking he's like, moment. He's like me with Reboot. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, this guy comes Catching up with Catching the things. deep, he would have noticed the Fletch jokes. This guy guessed the biggest twist of the entire series in the first episode, and I, in the first episode of Watchmen, barely even understood what I was watching. I was like, what is this show even about? Yeah. And this guy had the it's, foreknowledge. It took me three episodes to figure out what timeline I was in in relation yeah, to the right. Watchmen comic series. This guy was just like, bam, this is the entire show, and turned out to be 100% right. Wow, and, fuck that guy. Um... Uh, you know, people are able He's to... He's like the fucking guy, the, the McMillions guy. I've not watched McMillions. Yet. Never mind. No, but I do intend on watching it very soon. Okay. So we will talk about that. Cool. Maybe on a different mini-app. Side Maybe we'll go watch it right now. Fuck, side piece, side piece, side piece. Um, Harley Quinn, side piece, Harley Quinn, side piece. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, when it comes to this show, I just have a couple things to say. First of all, it is gotta be one of the most genius sequel approaches I've ever seen in my life where you have a show, first of all a show sequel to a comic book, it's really not a sequel to the movie Watchmen this is very much more in the vein of the comics in the world of the comics um, that on its nose seems like it has absolutely nothing to do with it and for a little while especially visually and things like that doesn't really feel quite like you're in the world of Watchmen from the comic book, but as it moves along, it starts to become the sequel to the Watchmen in, in a thousand ways. You start to find out that every character is directly related to the events that happened in that book in ways that are very profound. And then, I don't want to spoil it for you, definitely don't want to spoil anything for you, but there are elements that they brought into the show that even the movie didn't want to touch um and i by the end of watchmen had my fucking mind blown i mean blown hard blown down deep all the way to the root you know what i mean blown <laughs> i uh i can't say anything about watchmen in terms of negatives without being spoilery but i can say that not every single element worked to its absolute maximum but the you know I, it's so on the nose but like the watch that they built the ticking mechanism of plot that they built in this show is unrivaled i mean it's it's all of the things that damon lindelof tries to do in things like prometheus and lost and but could never do it because he never understood that you have to provide an endpoint to something very much in his work, you see him creating mysteries that are just mysteries for the sake of mystery, which are cool, but, like, piss people the fuck off. People are pissed about the end of Lost, still. People are really pissed about Prometheus and hated that movie. And Lindelof came into that movie when it was a script that was a direct prequel to Alien and turned it into its own franchise, its own weird thing, had very little to do with it and unraveled all the pieces and then didn't provide an answer. Watchmen... He knew that it would be such a polarizing piece of media to adapt that if he didn't have it all thought out this time, he was going to be in trouble. And uh, I was very pleased with how complete it felt. And the fact that he doesn't plan on making a second season, perfect. I think that once you do we something right all be the first so time, lucky. yeah, once you do something right and you end it correctly, yeah, we should all be so lucky. Dexter. We're in season seven of Ray Donovan. Heroes. It just got canceled. I mean, like, there are shows that just don't... 
that start good and just fall off a cliff and then imagine, ruin their legacy. Imagine if Heroes was one season long. It'd be held as one of the greatest series of all time. I mean, I, I, something amazing to look at is just Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones fumbled its final, arguably, two seasons or so, three seasons maybe. Um, but that fumbling did actually disconnected the cultural interest in Game of Thrones. Like, the nerdiness over Game of Thrones and the cosplaying and the conventions and the spin-offs they were going to do that they're kind of canceling one after another except for kind of one that's still hanging on. Is that on. true? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was a whole one with uh, Naomi Watts <laughs> that was uh, canceled. Wow. Before it went into production. Maybe they, maybe they heard some of our pod. I would hope so. Naomi Cass. <laughs> Get him! Um, I, uh... <laughs> um... I, yeah, it's it's amazing to see that. Should, uh, we take, should we take a moment of grief for the loss of Naomi Watts? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, she's made a lot of fucking stinkers in her life. Naomi, if you're listening to this, we're here for you, baby. If you ever want to get on Xbox Live and let a little yeah. bit of that rage play out. Play a little Gears. Play a little Gears. Maybe plot the murder of your cop uh, neighbor for a little while. We could, uh, we could get together. But not now. Unfortunately, your show's been canceled. And anything to do uh, with Game of Thrones is canceled. Like, I went to the King Impression Mall the other day, and there's, like, a toy store. Every single clearance item was Game of Thrones. Wow. Every single one. It was an entire wall of Game of Thrones merch, t-shirts. I had no idea. Um, So, sticking the landing is important. And and I want to say that if you or anyone who's listening knows anything about the book that this is based on, the ending explains everything that happens in the book. I mean, the book is a collection of mysteries that... You're talking about The Watchmen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That eventually wraps itself up extremely neatly. And this show whew, did the same thing and has so many mind-blowing decisions, so many amazing creative choices, and also is about race and is about something entirely different than what the comic book was about. I've never seen, like I said, I've never seen a show that can be so much a sequel, so much a continuation of something without being that thing at all. Uh, it's it's an amazing chameleon of a show, and I would give that show a strong 10 out of 10. What do you think about that? Um, I haven't finished it, so... Okay, you're about halfway through now. Yeah. I spent the first two episodes being like, what the fuck is happening? Sure. What, like, what... Does this have to do with the Watchmen? Mm-hmm. There were a couple times where I had to I Google some things to be like, "Am I watching the correct show? Is this like actually a sequel to the Watchmen? Is this like a reimagining of the Watchmen?" It's all those things. Um, it's a reboot. It's a sequel. It's a prequel. It's a. It's everything, but I mean, it's a sequel. I'm a. It's a secret sequel. I'm 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 engaged. Gene Smart is in it. I'm a fan. Of Gene mm-hmm. Smart. Yep. Um, I'm a fan of. Uh, From. Garden State. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, I'm a fan of Nash Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is one of those shows where there's just, it's so fucking dense and there's so much to unravel that I couldn't possibly give any opinion on it yet. Well, I will tell you this. Every three episodes, so episode three, episode six, and episode nine, which I believe there's only nine, right? I don't know. Or is there 12? Um, every three episodes, Damon Lindelof, creator, writer of the show, sits down with the creator, writer of Chernobyl, who's okay. his, his interviewer, and they do a podcast that was official from HBO. So every They've three been doing episodes, that with a bunch of shit lately. When you get to the end, yeah, they did it with The Irishman. When you get to the end of 
the third episode. You should go and just go listen to episode one of that podcast because that will clue you in on what all the people are theorizing about without spoiling it without yeah. because I had people that I was reading that people that I normally look to for movie news that were spoiling things about Watchmen up front hard like and without having seen the show just being like this is that like how do you not know that this is that and I would be like oh god I should know that but I would never thought that so you are in a unique position yeah, and I also where you're not gonna have that I also haven't read the Watchmen in right 12 years probably neither have i but i guess the um, only important distinction between the snyder movie and the book the book i mean besides tone and dicks and the amount of dicks and things like that is that is the squid the squid versus the third act ending of the watchman movie did without the squid which now that i watched the show when i first saw the movie watchman i thought to myself that it was a good move that they didn't do the squid because really it would have been tonally and thematically off from the rest of the movie. And also to explain how Adrian Veidt brought an interplanetary psychic squid into the middle of New York City took a lot in the book. And in the movie they didn't do it. And I thought, well, that's good. Smart move, Zack Snyder. And then I grew up. And then I watched Watchmen, the show, and was like, oh, the squid could definitely work. And yeah. here's why and so it is a great take on it i just want you as a uh, viewer to just realize one more layer there's so many layers in the show but keep your eye out on one layer which is that when you read watchmen the book there's a story inside of a story um which is the black freighter it's kind of like a comic about a guy who has to sail on a raft made out of dead bodies back to blah blah basically it's adrian veidt's story told in a very metaphorical yeah. way this time they have something which I think is really genius called American Hero Story in their universe, yeah. which is their version of what it, the Black Freighter in the sense that it's a commentary on lots of things. A, it's a commentary on American Horror Story and American Crime Story, which many of the actors from those shows are in these recreations in this show, which is a meta mindfuck yeah. in and of itself. Secondly, it's a play on Zack Snyder's Watchmen. All the action is super bloody and and slow mode and 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 crazy and and as you go on and watch it you'll see how that kind of is its own interesting commentary on it i mean it's it's an incredibly researched show i can appreciate anything where someone goes that balls to the wall for the source material yeah like even more than game of thrones some of the deep dives in this show you don't even know how many are going on per episode but like there's hundreds per episode that are absolutely wild so uh, you know, check back in with us as you get to the yeah. finale. There are some extremely controversial and bizarre twists towards the end that I want to see how you react to. Cool. Um, so side yeah, side note, as far as graphic novels go, have you read uh, Why the Last Man? I have read Why the Last Man. Okay, so I don't know if you've been following the the chaos that has been the, Forever. the adaptation of it Why the Last now, Man. It has been I think, 15 years of back and forth people dropping in and out. Yeah, so it got... The pilot What's got the picked up. Recent? It got greenlit. We have a full cat. We had a full cast. What network is this going for to be? FX? Why don't you tell the people just in two sentences why the last man? What is the graphic novel? Why the last man is about a plague that takes that takes out every single person with a Y chromosome on Earth, besides one, a man named uh, 
what's his name? Yorin? Yorin? I don't know. I haven't read in a I while. Don't. It doesn't matter. It's about this dude living in a world where all the women are still alive, and it's just him and his pet monkey trying to, A, find out what this plague was. You know, was it aliens? Was it, like, a Russian bomb? Was it some sort of American conspiracy? Whatever. Um, and there's all sorts of different factions trying to either save him or eliminate him. All sorts of commentary on, you know, feminist extremism, factionalism. There's a little religious aspect. And this there's a, going to be There's adapted. a leftovers type aspect. Yeah, this um, is going to be adapted into a movie several Yeah, times. it was supposed to be a movie. It kept falling apart. It's a very... <laughs> shallow concept that is extremely deep in execution in the graphic novel it reminds me of almost like ender's game where you have like totally. a, a property that could be adapted right but also has a huge propensity for being terrible yeah so like if it's if it's a bunch of really hot looking people and like it, it's catering to like ya type of yeah. nonsense no thanks but that plot and the visuals from the graphic novel done right would be... A yeah, and it's gone through the same thing that Preacher went through, where Preacher was supposed to be made a movie, this rights got sold 10 different times, 20 years later, it finally got made, and it fucking blows. Um, this, it was greenlit, it was, we had a cast, we had a star, we had a showrunner, and about two, three months ago, the showrunner left... Got a new showrunner, and just this past week, the the lead, the lead actor has left because I forget his name. His name escapes me, but apparently he's gotten popular by being in various other shows like Chernobyl. He was in Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. um, it's the kid from Chernobyl. Fair enough. Um, he he left because now he's getting movie roles, and this thing's taking too long. So now they're basically from square run. So if you're waiting for Why the Last Man, good luck. Eat a dick. Eat a dick. According to FX, <laughs> because we're all fucked. That's an awesome, that's an awesome review, man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in terms of stuff that we did talk about last year that you're finally seemingly coming around to, I hear that you have been watching a little bit of Euphoria on HBO. I watched one episode of Euphoria. One episode. <laughs> and what are your thoughts given one Honestly, the second episode is where things really pick up. Yeah. You gotta get, I, you I, gotta I, get further. I just haven't had time to watch. I, I can't sure. even talk about Euphoria. I, I quite like the first episode. That's all good. I have to say. Don't lose the thread on that one. No. Because that is really good. There's just, there's so much to catch up on. And I'm just, I yeah. spend all my time. If I'm watching TV, I'm watching fucking, you know. All right. Criterion app added the whole film, the filmography of Juliette Binoche. <laughs> And, and coincidentally, I, Luberderm sales went up 10% <laughs> the same day. And I have been hitting it hard. Um, it being my guy. <laughs> okay. Um, so I haven't watched much TV. I okay. watched, I've watched. i watched a slew of movies. Hold no, on. None of them have been great. Hold well, on. Well, one of them has been great. But I've watched, I've watched a couple episodes of 10 different shows and have finished none of them. Well, if you're looking for really informed opinions on this podcast, yeah. <laughs> doing the deep dive that you guys don't want to do, Dan's not what that guy. We just watched. The, we just. But finished I, this year. Oh, we just finished Silicon Valley. Okay. Yeah, that, 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 I that, dropped out of that one quite quite which some time ago. I found was which I held publicly was the funniest show on television for years until it wasn't, and it yeah. kind of was like the Big Bang Theory, where it like started from a place of genuine nerdiness and turned into just like a negative nerdy aspect just like it turned I don't agree with itself. that because the Big Bang Theory is funny in exactly zero ways and Silicon Valley was hysterical uh, forever 
I, I mean, obviously you're you're comparing an HBO show to a sitcom, so like I'm not saying that they're quality-wise the same way. But Big Bang Theory, I want to remind everybody when it came out, was actually okay. And people didn't start hating it or pointing out that it was like negative towards nerds or some kind of stereotype. It also hadn't done itself to death yet. I'm talking about right when it came out. But I think both of them have the same thing where they got a lot of people saying, you know, oh, look at this aspect of like nerd culture that's actually kind of interesting and seems to be written from a, a genuine place. And then it just turns sour and kind of terrible. And I think that Silicon Valley, especially when they lost what's his nuts, TJ um, Miller. TJ Miller. So the first, like the, pretty much not worth the first without season TJ without TJ Miller, I thought it was bad. Um, I thought this last season was really, really, really funny, and they were so close to sticking the landing, and then mm. they had to add a little addendum at the end that just fucking ruined it. Mm. Um, I want to talk about a show that I'm really enjoying. I'm watching it entirely by myself. I actually don't know anyone. I've never talked to anyone who's watched this show, and I don't know why. It's on HBO. It's called, uh, well, this year it's called The New Pope. But the first uh, season the, of the it... The Jude Law. Yeah, the first season John of John Malkovich called, joint. Yeah, it was called The Young Pope. Yeah. Um, which uh, I just want to throw this out there for everybody who thinks that they would be interested in this kind of thing. It's a highly stylized, highly sexualized, uh, heightened telling of of what it's like to be pope and it's really um kind of abstract and surreal at points and it's not just like a dry uh like british you know wry telling of just like this guy is pope now yeah. it's very stylish it's There's not like very good Downton music Abbey. in it no yeah it's not like down Abbey. it's it's more um flashy it's like it's like if sofia coppola this did. ain't your grandfather's pope yeah this is like ain't your grandfather's pope pope show um <laughs> and um the first season <laughs> the first season with jude law is magnificent like 10 out of 10 All, absolutely awesome the music is like transcendent it's just such an incredibly mounted production the sets are incredible to look at just watching the young pope on a large tv with a nice sound system is just glorious. It's just glorious to behold. They're at they're filming glorious. in the, the richest parts of the world, portraying a person who has infinite power and wealth, and it's just fun to watch. Yeah. Um, this season with John. List. This season with John Malkovich is like only if you like the first season should you get into the second one because it's it's very very it's it's much weirder. It's much more abstract. It's much more stylized. It's it does things like one of the main characters of the show suddenly has competition in the second season of the show against another cardinal who is played by the same actor so they're just like they look identical except one has a mole on his face and the other doesn't and they explain nothing about it it's just this is what it is now his his arch enemy who is never mentioned in the first season is a guy who is played by the same actor with no makeup looks exactly the same it's obviously some kind of symbolic thing but I, here's the thing i'm fucking jewish dude I don't know everything, right? Like, when I watch The Young Pope, I'm kind of watching from, like, a voyeuristic point of view where right. I'm like, I don't know anything about what it, what it's like to be Pope. Right. I mean, I can picture what it's like to be president. I could say, count um, on one hand the amount of things I know about the concept of a Pope. Exactly, which is why, like, you might like the show. It's like it's like Pope for dummies, pretty much. <laughs> and, 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 and it is, uh, it's, it's serial and pulpy, and it's not like, um... I originally thought like, oh, well, you know, if it's a show about the Pope, there's going to be no sex, no cursing, no violence, no nothing really. Cause no, the Pope fucks. It's kind of like <laughs> House of Cards, but with the Pope. 
And and Jude Law, I thought, was going to come in and be this, like, extremely liberal pope and be like, yeah, gay people can have sex, blah, blah, blah. But the plot of the first season is that he is extremely right, like, extremely right-leaning and is super orthodox and comes in and is basically, like, turns the entire church so on So does this take place, like, today? Yes, in, in present day. It's, like, as if he took over for the current... Yeah. Like, G Pope. Yes. He comes in, he's Pius the Thirteenth, and he is, like, not only American, which is bizarre because it's Jude Law, it should be British, but right. he's playing an American, he has a fantastic American accent it's, in it, which like, is one of my like huge triggers. It's like a spiritual sequel to I Heart and Huckabees. Yeah. Yeah, he's very similar to that character. Um, uh, he plays just such an Shania interesting... Shania was here, promoting her apparel. He's such an interesting sexy pope he's like he's like it's, stupid sexy i don't know pope. what i need someone else to start watching the show so i can try to talk with somebody about why i like it i think it's very guilty pleasure-ish it's like not a show i'd watch with like my wife because it's very slow and just super drawn out and but also it's just like for me yeah again for me it's like watching into a world that i've never been granted access to so whether it's accurate or not i can't say but it is fucking awesome to watch and really exciting and, and just looks like a fucking orgy on screen at all times. It's just gorgeous. So uh, 12 out of 12. Sweet. Really? Five. Um, That's a lot. Uh, the season with Malkovich, Malkovich's perform- performance is next level good, but the rest of what's going on is a little strange. That's so tradition. I'll have to see what happens when Jude Law eventually wakes up. And there are two popes at the same time, uh, which is where the show is headed to now because Malkovich is Jude Law's replacement. So. Okay. Well, in the time since we last spoke, or not last spoke, since we last had a season, yeah, I, I think the season last season ended right when we were like two or three episodes into Righteous Gemstones, and that is yeah. You know what? I was ended. thinking the same thing. We never really got to talk about the yeah rap because up. it was only a couple episodes in. Uh, fire. Yeah. <laughs> talk about a show that got better and better throughout the season. Absolutely. And beyond stuck the landing. Uh, what exactly happened at the end? I don't remember at all. Because uh, I've been wondering if I even saw the final, final episode. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, I have vague recollections. Fucking, they go to, they, baby Billy steals all the money. Mm-hmm. And they go and confront him, and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I guess I'm going to spoil it, whatever. Danny McBride, basically... His wife kicks him out of the house, shoot, shoots him in the ass, kicks him out of the house. He goes down to, like, Haiti to, like, be a missionary with his son. Mm-hmm. And then the, the season ends. Hmm. And, uh... Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Um, uh, Baby yeah, Billy is, in the meantime, like, running this, like, sketchy fucking ministry in the farm country. Like, selling fucking... Selling t-shirts and shit, like, for $50 and stuff. It's, they're, they're shooting season two right now. Nice. Of Righteous Gems. Just, it's just a show that when and it's... a friend of mine, if she's listening to the podcast, who knows, but my, a friend of mine, Kristen, who uh, lives down there, um, took a video of them shooting it and, like, posted it on my wall. And nice. Saw them doing their thing. Yeah, because um, when we last talked about it, you were, like, two episodes ahead of me. I had only watched the first one. I wasn't, like, fully sold on the first one, but... Man, did that show just get so fucking funny. I love that show right off the bat, actually. I really did. Um, and I, I thought, uh, at, what's his name? Adam Devine? Is that Yeah. I thought his character got, like, just so... It, it was towing a line of being fucking just, like, way over the top and corny, and I thought his performance was just... He was very good. Beautiful. 
Um, another HBO show worth checking out. I hate to keep going to HBO, 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 HBO. Um, HBO is still the goat, baby. But um, another HBO show that is worth checking out. It's called Avenue Five. It's currently on right now after Curb Your Enthusiasm on okay. Sunday nights. Um, uh, that's um. I keep seeing that on the front of my HBO go. It's the creator of Veep, um, which is a show I never really got into, uh, but I can appreciate I the love writing. Veep. Veep is hilarious. Every episode I've seen of it is very funny. I so, just love whatever. fucking Matt Walsh. That guy is so funny. Which one's he again? Is the, he the tall, skinny guy? The tall, Irish, bald guy. Oh, no, that's not who I'm thinking of. Um, he's, so, he's, the, he's the doctor, and uh, he's one of the doctors in The Hangover. Or in Knocked Up, rather. No, in The Hangover. Um, this one was uh, like a sci-fi show about like a cruise ship in the future orbiting the galaxy that gets knocked right. off course. Right, right. Uh, oh, it stars yeah. the star of House, it, it Hugh looked, Laurie. Yeah, his name? Hugh Laurie. It looked like it was kind of in the same vein as that Seth MacFarlane show that's on now. No, this no. is more, this is like Veep sort of. It's a walk and talker. It's like kind of like... It's very dialogue heavy. I kind of see. I see where you're coming from, though. You know what show I'm talking about? The Orville. About? The Orville, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Yeah. By that the seems way, right up you have to be alley. like a Star Trek fan to really enjoy that show. Yeah. Um, but no, this is much more um, just like funny, really dry humor. The guy from Silicon Valley, the tall guy, J- Jared, is he? What's his name? Yeah, Jared. He is fucking incredible in Avenue Five. He's yeah. so funny. He name? plays. He plays the human resources uh, expert for the ship, so obviously when the ship is knocked G- G- off Gabe course... Gabe from the office. Yeah. Obviously when it's knocked off course, everybody comes to him, and he's, like, having a complete meltdown at all times. Yeah. It, that it, guy is such a fucking just, like, brilliant comedic actor. Yeah, he's got great time. He's yeah. hilarious. Um, and he's very good at it, so... I My kinda... understanding is he's, like, a Second City guy, I think. What's that, like? The... Like improv yeah yeah like second city tv it's where like fucking rick moranis came from and like dan Aykroyd and stuff i do not know i do not know um he's like a well like before he got on the office he was like a very highly touted like improv comedy guy um and uh yeah i am enjoying that show it's very funny it's not like the greatest show of all time or anything but it's not meant to be it's meant to be like an office workplace kind of comedy situation um but it's very good it's got not, I mean, the world building in it, if you want to call it that, and the special effects, which, like, a lot of the times I'm looking for that when they do a sci-fi show, it's kind of negligent. It's really just about, like, making funny jokes, and it kind of doesn't really care about its own, what it's trying to say about anything. It's just, like, a funny show. It's cool. just a funny show for people that like to laugh, and and uh, those are typically the shows that get canceled, because, like, you could have done this show with a real cruise ship. Yeah. Done. But it's in space, so... And it looks like they threw a lot of money at it and have a lot of extras on screen at all times. And it's just Expensive. not going to last. It's just not going to last. Yeah. Should, I, should we... Should this basically just be like, let's just talk about everything happening on HBO and that'll be the video. Well, this episode was HBO cast. Yeah. Because <laughs> I watched that fucking dog grooming movie on HBO. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Fucking... And then I'll talk about one HBO thing as well. Bonkers. And then we'll cut it there. Did you watch that? Um, I did not. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about uh, said show or do you want me to do it, something first? No, it was, it was a movie. It's called Well Groomed. Well Groomed. I have to yeah, watch this. Dude, it is. Because I love every part of what you described as. fucking insane it's like imagine best in show um but in totally based on reality like it's it's actually a real documentary and instead of trying to groom these dogs to look prim and proper and do tricks and just like be well behaved and look like classic versions of dogs these it's made up entirely of rich bored southern housewife 
just redneck horrible people who just abuse their dogs with fucking paint <laughs> and spray is and it, like is, it, is they, it self-aware of like like is it made in a way that is portraying them as ridiculous on purpose or do you have to kind of like look through the lines to it's very you know I mean? like is it like it's is very it like reality solid. tv in that sense you know what i mean no, like, i can laugh at them and be like these people no, are insane it or? is presented as a serious thing yeah HBO, that, that's how hbo yeah is. that towards the end they start splicing in clips of these women being interviewed by like on, as like a talking head on real news shows and like getting absolutely obliterated by nice. commentators like okay. worldwide so there's a little bit of like, payback in there. But, but it's really, like, it, it specifically follows this one woman. So apparently there's there's this one woman who's, like, the godmother of, they call it creative grooming. And, like, this shit is out of control. Like, they're, they're like, they have these competitions where, like, they're trying to make their dogs look not like dogs. Like, some of them, like, they, like, make them look like dinosaurs or make them look like chickens. And, like, some of them make them look like, like paintings and, like, scenes. Like, hmm. they fucking... And like you see, they the the shit they put in these dogs is so fucking stupid, and it all looks horrible. And then they follow them in real life. These people as they walk through, walk around, walking their dogs while they're not done up, and like the dogs just look ridiculous. They're all colorful. It's like, it's it's like such a fine line they're telling between like abusive and not abusive. Mm -hmm. And it's like, for the first part of the movie, it's showing it's strictly a hobby of like rich white Southern women who have nothing to do. And their husbands are just like, whatever. Like, they, they'll they always, like, cut to the husband. The cousin husband will be like, fucking whatever. Like, it keeps her, it makes her shut up. But, um, then it'll show, like, there's, like, one woman from, like, Jersey or, like, Rhode Island or something. Like, there's this one northern, like, redneck chick who's, like, trying to get into it. And she's horrible at it comparatively to them. But, like, to them, it's, like, this mini mega industry. They have conventions and there's this one woman who, like has turned it into like an empire selling like all the product that she uses on her dog and she wins like every competition she wins like the lifetime achievement award for everything um so the whole movie is basically following this woman who's like right on the brink of being like in the elite level of creative dog grooming and it's just following her from competition to competition just getting slaughtered by this other woman and just like it sounds kind of like King of Kong. Have you ever seen yeah, King of Kong? Yeah, it's totally. And it's filmed in like a very similar... Sounds similar. Yeah, yeah, it's to it's totally like that movie. Like, cool. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was made by the same person. I uh, look forward to watching that. Dude, I'll discuss it with you once I yeah. uh, take, and a, take it, a look at it. It's just, I, it's one of those things... So that, what you said was one... It, it's one a movie. movie it, it's, a, it's, an like hour, it's an hour-long movie. Oh, okay. Um, it's... I've, it's so rare that you run into a documentary of something that you just had no idea was a thing whatsoever, like, conceptually. Right. Like, I did not know this was a thing. Like, obviously, I know dog grooming is a thing, but I didn't know extreme creative dog grooming is a thing, and they all talk about it as if it's just, like, common knowledge. And they walk... These poor... Dude, these poor fucking men, like, they're fucking... They're, they're boyfriends and husbands. Sure. You see them all, like... They, or they, or they, lesbian partners. They follow them. No. No. These are no. all conservative oh. southern women doing Eat. this. Eat. And they walk around with their husbands. And, like, their husbands are walking the normal <laughs> dog. And this lady's carrying three pink dogs. Like, it is awkward as all fuck. Um, that sounds very up my alley. Yeah. I will be it, checking it, 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 it was... I... I, it's right on the front page of HBO Go, and I can't believe more people haven't watched it because you open HBO Go and there's a poodle that's like a rainbow. Yeah, I see it, but I just like, I'm just like I'm just like take I have me to, to Larry watch. David, please. Yeah, no, I, 
I, I, it's good. It's good. Is that um, what you're going to talk about, the new Curb? No, I don't want to talk about the new Curb. It's fucking amazing. What does that even say about it? It's yeah. hilarious. It's a Jewish person's dream come true. <laughs> uh, the complainer in me is at a 10 out of 10. I fucking love Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. What can you say about it that hasn't already been said? Yeah. It really is just like uh, one of those things where you know every episode is going to be pretty much amazing. It just yeah. doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. I, th- my grievances with the show are still there, but I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Like, I think it's some of it is a little too inappropriate at times, like the talcum powder ball scene. Like, there are some moments in it that I, I think don't ring right that are just like Larry thinks are funnier than actually are. But yeah. most there, of there are it moments is where you can tell that Larry's humor hasn't left the nineties. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but the man is fucking ancient. The fact that yeah. he's still producing this level of content that a, a 20, 30-year-old person can enjoy. Can you imagine but, Imagine being, like, the brains behind a show as iconic as Seinfeld and then going on to make fucking Curb? Like, yeah. Like, fuck you. He's the man. Yeah. And I think it makes Jerry, like, Jerry Seinfeld look like, like the unfunny idiot that he actually is. It's it just, like, <laughs> it makes me upset that done. Jews don't have saints. Yeah, he would be a Jewish saint, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, like, all Seinfeld's done is B-movie. Yeah. And sit in a car with his friends. Yeah. <laughs> and, and make them feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, so just to cap it off, uh, one more thing before we go for this mini-app. Um, I watched a documentary called I Love You Now Die on HBO about yes. Michelle Cata. Yes. yes. Who texted her boyfriend to death, dude, in Boston. Yeah. And she fucking made him go crazy, yeah, dude. Yeah, she fucking did it. Boston was totaled, bro. Talk about and. I said recently that that is one of the best selected thumbnails. Oh, so you watch this? I started watching. I haven't oh, okay. finished it yet, but it's really the thumbnail they chose for that on HBO Go uh-huh. of her just crying in the fucking witness stand yeah. is so fucking just devastating looking. I'm just like, of course I'm gonna watch this. What a perfectly selected thumbnail. Michelle Carter, first of all, yeah. hot. I don't give a fuck, dude. Who are you looking at? Don't look at the computer screen. She's hot. I was looking at Godzilla. She's, she's but... hot. Yeah, those bangs. I think you're Here's the thing, you're though. into her in like in in like a sadomasochistic Dude, way. Dude, her fucking eyebrows are so powerful. <laughs> I, I mean, so powerful. They they humble me. I would fucking lick her eyebrow. Anyway, yeah, and then um, you'd kill yourself. I, uh, I I I always appreciate documentaries like this because of one thing, and that's the fact that they take somebody who is portrayed as a monster by the shitty fucking media who literally take the first two thoughts of something and run with it and they showed her from an angle where you can see how all of this happened and it all makes sense and and I honestly do not feel as if she is nearly as culpable as they made her seem in the media I think that this is getting really spicy someone's gonna call me about this one I I, I assure you that I have spicier takes on the situation than I, you I th- do. I think that she should have been institutionalized and given deep psychiatric help instead of sent to jail. Um, someone who is reenacting the plot of The Fault of Our Stars in a delusional state is n- and off their meds is not somebody that can be accused really of a crime and also a person who tried to kill himself five times uh, when he finally does it, doesn't matter who told him to right. do it. The man had tried to kill himself five times. Yes. 
without her in the equation at all. Yeah, agreed. So, um... I haven't watched the movie, but I've read... At the end of the day, the in, my, in my opinion... Not that, ad nauseum. Not that anyone's here to hear our opinions on these things, but this is what's great about the side piece, yeah. is that we can actually talk about these kinds of things and not have to, like, worry about people checking out or wanting to hear us, like, talk more about Kevin Smith. But, uh, yeah, I think Michelle Carter should have been given more uh, sympathy than she received. I think, like, any of these murder documentaries, you find out very fast that the prima facie knowledge of a case yeah. and, and what the media not says about it is, what it is so far from... It's just so easy to dehumanize people when you read a headline. Yeah. You know, if you read a this headline... This makes me want to talk about Devil Next Door, but that's not HBO. Did you watch oh, that? We can talk about did, it. Did I absolutely love Devil Next yeah, Door. It was yeah. fucking incredible. Yeah. That was a really yeah. interesting story, too, and that man was guilty as hell. Yeah. Not of being Ivan the Terrible. Yeah. But I don't want to spoil yeah. anything. <laughs> I mean, just watch The Devil... Honestly, this is a great pairing watch. Yeah. Maybe. The Devil Next Door on Netflix. Yeah. Um, about, um... Ooh, should I try to say his name? It's uh, going to be fucking uh, hard. You uh, want to say it? John Demonyuk. Demonyuk. John D. John Demonyuk, yeah. as one guy yeah. said. Uh, John Demonyuk yeah. uh, was apprehended by the Israeli authorities. I had, right? to, I had to picture like the Israeli lawyer. Demonyuk. Uh, I realized at work the other day that John Demonyuk uh, actually is still alive. He's just Andy Reid with a mustache. <laughs> if you put your finger over Andy Reid's mustache, <laughs> <laughs> he looks exactly like John Demonyuk. Um, yeah. But, uh, but long, long story short, that documentary is about um, a supposed Nazi being outed in the United States, being extradited within days to Israel, who then tries him for war crimes. Is he a Nazi? Is he not a Nazi? Is he Ivan the Terrible, yeah. one of the worst, most notorious killers in any concentration camp ever? Yeah. Or is he just a guy who worked in an auto plant factory yeah. Did in Did the Soviets fucking forge know. documents about him? Lots of questions. Is his lawyer a scumbag? Is I his think, other lawyer uh, incompetent? I think the, uh, at the end of the day... I don't want to ruin As for, it. Let's not ruin yeah, it. I like people. this. We can jump around from topic to topic. As for I love you now, die. My feelings are that we have enough people, and if you're going to kill yourself, it's fine. Well, I also feel that as well. Yeah. I feel as if that if you can't exist on Earth and you want to end your life, then that should be your choice as yeah. well. Every every every, be... every argument I've ever heard for convincing someone not to kill themselves has seemed totally self-serving. Because it's because you don't want to miss Holy the person. This, this side piece thing is going to become the actual podcast. You don't want to miss the person, so they shouldn't kill themselves. Welcome to Dark Bottom of the Barrel yeah. Cast. Yeah. Um, the dude tried to kill himself five fucking times already. So Maybe he doesn't want to live here. If you're out there right now and feel like you can't take it anymore. There's a woman who went to fucking jail because she told a dude who tried to kill himself five times that maybe he should kill himself. Dan and I are recommending that you kill yourself. <laughs> I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying, like, if you're considering it, like, Go for you it. know... Try it once. See no, if you like, like it. analyze your own thoughts on it. Don't yeah. stay alive because, like, you know, your parents. Right. Well, he, well, here's the thing. And this is what I said to Rachel, too, which is that... <sighs> dude, when you're fucking... When you're a teenager and you're thinking about killing yourself, you do not understand what your life is yet at all. Right. Like... I would say that to any person who's a teenager, which I was a teenager who thought about killing himself all the time, and I think that if you're a teenager thinking about killing yourself, you're A, super self-centered, you need to take a step back and look at the fucking gift you've been given to be on Earth, period. A lot of the people that I see, like this kid, for example, and I know the old adage of, oh, they had so much going for them, but like, look at the world that we live in right. today, right? There are people that are born on Earth at such disadvantage... Oh, yeah. That 
just the fact that you're a fucking white kid in America, just wait till you're 21 yeah, and totally. think about it, dude. Totally. Don't get too dramatic as a teenager and fucking kill yourself. It's bizarre. All right. If you're, I just, if you're I, like I one of these kids who's like gay and legally, and legally culpable for like fucking they said something and then someone else did something, like fucking suck a dick. Like, yeah, that should not be right either. That shouldn't be... You shouldn't be able to like, put someone in jail. Like, you know how many people on the internet have told... I've been going on fantasy Ex- tours since exactly. I was 14 years old. People say kill yourself all the time. I was on so time. many antidepressants when I was a kid, and people told me to kill myself regularly. Yeah. Just for, like, liking a new Disco Biscuits song. Oh, man. This is a real rough start to the side piece. <laughs> like... Or we're still on episode if, one. If I, turned, <laughs> if I turned around and killed myself and found out <laughs> that fucking God was real and that I could look down and found out that my parents were suing some fucking troll on Fantasy Tour because they told me to kill myself. No. Yeah. I fucking killed myself. Yeah. I'm a fucking moron. I'm the one who's the moron. I mean, and this guy didn't just kill himself. He bought a fucking generator to hook into his car to auto-asphyxiate himself. Yeah, he like, took the time... You, it's so guy. much research yeah. it, that she there didn't were so many provide mo- him. There she were didn't so say, many go moments. get the fucking right, generator. Right, right, so she doesn't know what right. that is. And she was just a whacked out romantic to, to, girl. To, to act as if we're in this emo. world where he wasn't going to kill himself, regardless. Can the episode description of this side piece be the dance talk about suicide for <laughs> half an hour? <laughs> all right, so... I mean, uh, all right, the reality is I believe in abolishing prisons, so... Okay, all right, we're saving that as the <laughs> header uh, for the second So episode. we're going to send the love of Dan's life to prison because she might have mildly suggested that a dude who already tried to kill himself should just do it. Like it doesn't make sense. Do, do I feel she should have done that? No, not the, not a nice thing to do. No. Should someone be locked in a cage for having done so? Absolutely no. not. But that girl, again, just needed psychiatric help. Right. Dude. She was clueless. Right. Totally. They go into, and you haven't seen it yet. And it's, and it's a fucking, it's her, a child. They're, they're children. They go into, they're her, all children. She was re using, the lines that she used on him in uh, the text messages were taken from all movies, yeah. from Glee. Yeah. From, I mean, dude. I've read about the case that length. It's just another example of the justice system dropping the ball. I don't see any situation <laughs> in which the a child should be put in prison before put in psychiatric rehabilitation. No. Thanks for joining us on our first side piece. I guess now we know what the show is going to be. It's going to be yeah. kind of deeper dives yeah. than we're used to. Join us next side piece as we discuss President Sanders. <laughs> yeah, that's predictive, right? <laughs> um, so on our next side piece, we're going to talk about movies that we watched in that gap. This was more of the TV show segment. Um, as for the Movie Blues podcast, this is a fun way that we can announce what our next episode is, at the very least, if you're listening to this. Next episode will be uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, which will be an in-theater experience with our buddy Jay Cohn. When are we doing that? Next weekend, dude. Did I agree to that? Yep. All right, we're going to have to talk about this. I got the mic. tickets. I told you the time. You got the tickets? Yeah, dude. Next weekend. Mm-hmm. Sunday. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you have it written in? No, but I'll be here, so. Okay, cool. Fuck. <laughs> Do God, I don't want to see that garbage. I mean, we got to give the people what they want. Okay. I'll give you a choice, Dan. Okay. Here's a choice I have for you. This seems like one of those things that we talked about while I was, like, drinking. Uh, it's not about 10 in the morning, but yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, like maybe I said. Like a weekday. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, next week's episode will be Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I'm uh, very excited to bring that to you guys. And um, tune in for more good shit like cool. this. Right. Dot com. Dot org. Dot org. Backslash. Bruh. I literally had no idea that we were going to see Sonic and Yeah, I'm aware.